Welcome to Vice and Easy, your podcast for all things Miami Vice, with your host, Marina. Hello, and welcome back to Vice and Easy. Thank you so much for joining me again this week for all your comments, your likes, and for subscribing and following me wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into this week's episode. This week, we are breaking down season four, episode 10, entitled Love at First Sight. Per IMDb, Crockett and new bride Caitlin trade barbs as he goes undercover in the single scene looking for a serial killer. I love that this episode opens up on Sonny Burnett's dating profile. It's pretty wild. I like fast cars and I like movies and uh, I like partying and staying out late at night. In fact, I guess you could say I'm just a fun-loving sort of a guy. But when I get home at night, I like being with a lady that I really like. That's important to me. I like being with a lady I really like. <laughs> I don't smoke, but I don't really mind if someone else does. Um, I keep in shape by playing racquetball when I get a chance, and um, I'm making good money right now. And I live right here in good old Miami, Florida. So if you're looking for some fun in the sun, give me a call. Sonny Burnett, 5423. And now I must say he definitely has willpower because since, you know, he quit smoking in around season three. So let's say it's been about two years that Crockett has not smoked cigarettes. That would be pretty hard, and especially in the 80s when you could smoke inside, you could smoke in airplanes, you could smoke in hospitals, you could smoke in bedrooms. It was, you know, socially acceptable and it was allowed. It would be pretty tough. The smell and just having some... Yeah, so he definitely has willpower if he's, like, totally open to that. I love the racquetball. And I love saying that he's making good money. And he looks like Don Johnson. So this dating network, I'm kind of comparing to Raya, Raya, like the fancier Tinder. Because, as you'll see later on the episode, like, this is not... Sorry to like reference this 20 years ago, but remember the Mad TV skit Lord Expectations? <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, that's exactly what I thought of. Well, all right. Once Crockett is done with his tape, you know, he's kind of giving a little bit of like sassiness to the guy leading in. He's like, ah, you know, like there's like a six date guarantee. He assures him it's all going to be nines and tens, you know, as opposed to what. So this seems like a very high-end matchmaking. But the point of view of Crockett is through somebody else's eyes. Like, it kind of looks like someone is walking around trying to keep an eye on him in this building. So it's very interesting. Also, do you know who's directing this episode? Why, none other than Don Johnson. And then back to reality. So what's going on at the Sundown Singles apartment? Well, someone just lost their manhood. So much so that a Metro Dade cop almost barfs off the side of the balcony. And with that, the cold open is finished. <laughs> what a way to end it. Oh, 
But did you see that girl in like the neon pink bikini when the cops were raiding the scene to find the body? Chef's kiss. She looked amazing. Oh, well, speaking of our video dating, I put the note as lowered expectations as well. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to not reference that a million times this episode. 3257 has definitely got some great hair. And somebody, who could it be? They smoke cigarettes. So it seems like this is Crockett's perfect match. Am I wrong? They keep rewinding and rewinding the tape. And so the gentleman with the great hair is talking about how he's recently single. And the like the bite, I'm on my own. Then they'll repeat, rewind, repeat, rewind. I'm on my own, repeat. And how they're, I don't want to say judging, but how they're going through the video dating catalog is quite interesting and something that we should note. Let's check in on our newlyweds, Crockett and Caitlin. Because remember, it's only been a few episodes. Two episodes? <laughs> so in real time, let's give it like two, three months. They're still moving in. You can see Crockett's boxes when they're having breakfast. Caitlin's a little worried about this case, especially, I don't blame her, especially because she could be losing not only her husband or his manhood. Here's on a video dating service is my idea of a hot date. Maybe I'll sign up myself. Now there's an idea. <laughs> Strictly business, darling. Oh, sure. And when Robert Plant calls me to go down to the Bahamas to record, that'll be strictly business, too. It's undercover work, honey, not under the covers. Besides, after what you did to me last night, where would I find the time or the energy to be with anyone else? Now, when they get to OCB, Trudy looks amazing. I don't know if she's just come off the night stroll, but she's wearing like this fitted beige and black print dress just looking like a million bucks. So they're just going over pictures of the recent killings. Ouch. Gene and Trudy are going to go question the girls and Crockett and Tubbs are going to go after the pimps. So let's see where Gina ends up. Gina ends up at a cute little nightclub where they have a pretty decent soundtrack, and one of the girls there has a lot of knowledge. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. So long as you give Jimmy his 20%. Yeah, well, I guess it beats work in the streets, huh? Anything beats the stroll. I even take credit cards. No kidding, yeah. And you heard the, like, like, that is the credit card imprinter. I... I love that she just has it on her. This see, remember when I was asking last week, like when Judy and Tr- Judy and oh my god, Gina and Trudy were going undercover at the hostess bar, and they have lines on all the major credit cards. They didn't have either of that in their purse. They they are behind on the times. <laughs> so as she and Gina are making you know small talk, Gina's asking how the video dating service thing works. And then when she's asking, you know, like, oh, do you have to give a cut to your man? She says that she doesn't have one anymore, that she used to work with Choo Choo. I have it in my notes as Juju. I could not differentiate. And turns around and shows Gina cut on her neck. Now, who is Choo Choo or Juju? He is a local pimp. He's a, he is a cute little guy, I must say. Crock and Tubbs go to visit him. He uh, tries to make a break for it. They rectify that real quick. He says he was out of town visiting his mother. 
Oh, so it's why Tech and Tubbs go to go see our video dating guy. They want to see the tapes. The guy's pushing back. Tubbs, of course, has a warrant and a smile. And the guy says that they're going to need a truck to get all those tapes out. And this, of course, piques Wycheck's interest. When Crockett calls the video dating service, asks to speak to Tubbs, tells Tubbs that, well, Juju's been sprung, but another body has just washed up. They go to look at this body. And I must say the aerial shot of Miami from this vantage point at the beach is gorgeous. While they're looking at the body, they hear a fed talking about the case. And I must say, Crockett and Tubbs look like a million dollars as they look up as they're crouching on the sand with the hair blowing with their sunglasses. I see that Crockett has gone back to Wayfarers after having his parcels for a while. I don't know when they made that transition. I must have missed it. The fed is kind of a dorky looking guy. <laughs> and he, you know, likes to drop a little bit of his serial killer wisdom, if you will, on Crockett and Tubbs in this scene. Yeah. Well, for that matter, he even looks like you. So what's that supposed to mean? Means we're dealing with a serial killer. Brilliant. Who the hell are you? Sam Russell, FBI, Center for Violent Crime. I've been tracking this twisto for a year now. Four in Dallas, three in Denver. Always a tempered steel hunting knife. Uses the video clubs to select his victims. You guys got a bloodbath on your hands. Okay, I hope you noticed how he was um, getting ready to smoke a cigar, but basically he just like puts an already wet cigar. I guess he'd had to do this take a couple times into his mouth and pulls it right out. He's getting ready for that video dating service too, right? <laughs> now, once again, we are in the viewpoint of someone, male or woman, smoking, watching these tapes and going through the book at the same time. Like Tubbs pointed out, these guys don't really look like Crockett, but similar type, white, average height, handsome, kind of preppy. So I am not surprised, but obviously they want to use Crockett as bait. There's so many different movies I don't want to spoil for you that this episode reminds me of. I'll Maybe I'll think about it at the end because like, I want to recommend these movies, but then I don't want to spoil. <laughs> and then Crockett's getting really pensive at home. To be fair, he... If he does go undercover as the bait, they tend to lose their nuts and berries. I understand why he's, you know, a little torn up or a little bit on the fence about it. But this episode doesn't... It moves very quickly in certain parts than it does in other parts. And, like, the fact that Crockett and Caitlin are now dealing with Crockett taking this home is a little jarring and if we were watching this in real time, it would be the same amount of time that's elapsed, two weeks, since they got married. So it just feels very hastily done. I said, who is this strange man in my life? Why won't he talk to me? Oh, 
I'm sorry, honey. I've uh, been thinking about a lot of work stuff. You want to tell me about it? No, no, no. No, I'd rather not. Is it the dating assignment? <sighs> Katie, honey, if I uh, bring this stuff home, it's just going to upset you. I know it will. Already is at home. You're worried. I can see that. All right, I'm a little preoccupied, but that doesn't mean that you have to be. We had an agreement, remember? We said we would share our feelings. Katie, you're overreacting. Oh, pardon me. You go running out of here like some half-cocked organ donor, and I'm overreacting. Okay. Then you're interfering. I'm going back to work. Ooh, I get where Crockett is coming from, but I also get where Caitlin is coming from. And again, two weeks ago, they could have discussed a little bit more about not just his hours, but what this job entails when he has to go undercover. Like, at least with this assignment, he can come back home. It wasn't like Artie's. And... They should discuss that a little bit more. Or, again, they're just like, this was... I need to see when this was aired. This was probably, like, November sweeps. Which I also had to explain to somebody. I've noticed that I am, like, the oldest of my friend group. And it's like... Wasn't supposed to be like this. I wasn't supposed to feel old. But it's like, oh... Life comes at you fast. And I was not even alive when this episode aired. So I just need to... Shake it off. But yeah, I remember I had to like explain sweeps to somebody. I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I don't even know the proper way to really describe it. Now let's get to Crockett's driving montage set to Madness of It All by the Ward Brothers while he's driving through the red light district and different businesses will fade into shots of Crockett, including Gold Diggers, which is actually in Hollywood, California. Driving down the paradise road Destination no one knows I used to live by Gold Diggers, and I was like... I know that sign. That is not Miami. That is definitely LA B-roll that they used. And I've also included a link in the show notes. I'm not mad at it. I couldn't see if Sideshow, again, if it was a business in the 80s, it wouldn't have popped up. But because Gold Diggers is still around. (laughs) It's also not in the greatest part of Hollywood. It's on Santa Monica Boulevard, represent. And it's... (laughs) I've actually never been in, but I know that sign very well. And again, like, it just seems very overdone for this arc. We see Crockett and Caitlin both pick up the phones. Are they putting their pride aside and calling each other? Absolutely not. Crockett calls Tubbs, and then Caitlin calls her assistant. I just don't know. I don't want to be left out. And nothing. Put up a wall. I don't know what's going on. Sonny's a cop. 
got things he doesn't want you to know. I warned you, but you're in it now, girlfriend. If I were you, I wouldn't press him. I'm just so worried about him, Angie. Honey, you better learn to suffer silently because you're going to become an expert. She's saying nothing but facts and sometimes it is really hard if someone really doesn't want to share you just keep wanting to push them push them and provide the support that you think that they want and sometimes they just don't want or they can't handle it right now and they just need time to cool off so it's hard to read and I get that and everybody wants to treat someone the way they'd want to be treated and that's not always what that other person is looking for so while Crockett is not only lamenting to Tubbs about his marital woes briefly and he's not really getting a lot of lines in this video dating service. Guess what? They find another body. Our Fed, our kind of weird guy, again, mentions Crockett's looks <laughs> in like kind of a jealous way. About a year ago when he was still playing ball. So there's no pattern as to when the victims join. Just that they're all 5'11", about 185, blonde hair, blue eyes, fair skin. Now you stand for you guys who look like you. What the hell do you want me to do about it? I'm on the damn tape. Maybe I should date all the members in the club. I'll start at A, work my way through the alphabet. Maybe I get my wife to join in. We'll do some threesomes. That scene did not at all go the way that I envisioned. <laughs> oh, man. Well, again, Tubbs is chilling, I'm assuming, at the office when... He's letting a call go to voicemail. I love that he's screening his calls and he does get called out on it because like, oh, he's so handsome. He's screening his calls. But I get it, you know, and he gets a very confident woman who describes herself thusly. You too tired to meet a tall brunette with a great body and blue eyes? No, you name it. How's Foxy Boxers in an hour? Got it. Don't keep me waiting. Yes, foxy boxing, as in that kind of foxy boxing, which I'm happy. I think this is like the second time we have seen foxy boxing or something of its kind portrayed on Mamie Vice. I, for one, am here for it. <laughs> no, it really sets my, my, my fellow ladies back, but it is just really entertaining. I really like the blue shorts, their outfits, their bodies, the gold gloves, the background. Their form is kind of garbage. Like, they're not really bobbing and weaving. They're not really, like, a proper stance. They're not... They're not mixing it up. They're just, like, you know, doing one-two, one-twos. They could, you know, spice that up a little bit, but I digress. I don't think these... I don't think these women are really in it for showmanship and to put on a, uh, that kind of a show. They're not, it's not what the crowd is really there for. Now, Crockett's date is actually going pretty well. She is very confident, she is very feisty, and she is very direct and to the point about what she is looking for. It is actually super refreshing to see that this was, what, like 1987? Lori Petty, then a badass, and now a badass. You know what I said to myself when I saw you walk in here tonight? Tell me. Electric. 
Message. Elect. Some relationships are chemical. This one is electric. Well, I'll try not to shock you. <laughs> no, go ahead. Break my circles. Now, no surprise, they go back to her place shortly thereafter. First of all, with all the women in this episode, what do they do for a living? How can they afford these places? I'm aware that Miami is much more expensive than it was, but these are still huge houses. She has a pool and she has some really weird artwork with a clown in a chair and what looks like it could be either a dead body or a blanket. What do they do for a living? But Crockett is downstairs on the couch while she is upstairs freshening up. She comes out onto a little balcony inside. See, like this is money. I don't even know what to call it. Full lingerie, full get up. She tells Crockett to close his eyes and to keep them closed. But obviously, you know, he's like peeking out a little bit. We can kind of see like someone's done that over the camera lens. So you get that perspective. She comes up to him with her hands behind her back. He sees her hands start to move out and sees the light reflect on silver. Pulls a gun. Clocks her. (laughs) Turns out it is a vibrator. (laughs) I have a really good picture i really wanted to make that the cover art but i was like still want to keep the cover art you know like just in case your kids are playing around with it (laughs) but too funny the next morning caitlin is howling with laughter (laughs) maybe you should send her roses (laughs) hell i'll be lucky if i'm not sued i can see the headlines now Undercover cop slugs innocent woman after assault with sex toy. (laughs) What if it wasn't a vibrator? What if it had been a knife? Well, then the killer would be in lockup and the case would be closed. And you might be in hospital. We're going to have another one of these conversations about life with a cop. Because if we are, why don't I just leave now and save us the trouble? I'm sorry. Being married to a cop is just... Just what? Just different from what I expected. I am not going to harp on this too much, but I'm going to lay the blame squarely at Crockett's feet for not being more open about why his relationship with Caroline ultimately did not work. Not only just her filing for divorce and leaving but after they reconciled and then they split again after Crockett saved their lives after the hitman was in the house that should have come up you know not like oh why did your why did you and your wife not work out that's a pretty big thing to skip over yeah all right well let's get back to video dating exclusive we are looking at Lewis's video. Sorry, I want to say it's Jeff Lewis, like the the Bravo host, which is very funny, which is like, it doesn't sound natural for me to say, but obviously that's quite a common name. Same thing again. We see the spiel and I don't have Jeff's dating profile, but I skipped one of the previous murdered men's profile that I'm going to play in lieu of his. Woman, you know what I look at? It's the legs, 
chest, <laughs> the small of her back. No, no. I look at the eyes. A woman's eyes can tell you a thousand stories about her. Does she dig Montiovanni? Manilo. Is she high for Club Med Guadalupe or Club Med Martinique? The name's Tony Mason. Number 2673. Call me. Sorry, I skipped that one. I forget if he was the um the buccaneer. Um <laughs> sorry, there are a lot of guys who've already been murdered this episode. It's hard to keep track of. Oh man. Oh, and I forgot to even mention with Caitlin and Crockett, they she understandably gets a little bit more pissed off when Crockett just casually mentions that Switek's going to put another line into the house. And she kind of brings it up like, like, what am I supposed to do? Answer the calls and be like, oh, he'll be back later. Like, I understand that they want to get as many leads as they can and make sure that Crockett can go meet them to try to catch this killer. But I also understand Caitlin's point of view. Now at OCB... They're just kind of going over everything. The hookers seem to be clean, according to Gina. It does appear to be one person. Castillo, however, is worried that they're going to lose the killer soon because the mayor wants to shut down the video dating service. He gives a bunch of tapes and a bunch of resumes to Crockett. That's his homework for the night. Crockett arrives home kind of despondent with this giant box. Caitlin comes down halfway down the stairs looking so cute. Big, big, big earrings, a leather jacket. She looks sad because they were supposed to go to a concert that night. And he is sorry about it. He is apologetic. And she kind of brushes it off after and says like, oh, you know what? There'll be other concerts. And she helps go over the resumes and videos with him while they order takeout food, which is very cute. That's why when you find the right one, you appreciate all the more. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm so worried about you. Hello, this is Sunny. Don't disappoint me, leave a message. Sunny, this is Tracy Mitchell. I saw your video and I think you might like me, so if you... Tracy? Yeah, this is Sunny. Uh-huh. Ooh, okay, so Caitlin is watching this. Then, so he makes the plan to meet up with her, calls Tubbs. As he's calling Tubbs, he's taking off his wedding ring and Caitlin just, like, silently leaves the room. Ooh, that's hard to watch. Like, you feel so uncomfortable. And, like, it's not her fault. It's not his fault. It's just super uncomfortable. Tracy is cute with crimped hair, and she is very intense. She plays racquetball every day at the health club, and she's just like, I love to swim. I love to be outside. It's a little, like, intense acting, but it's... It is kind of funny, especially like she holds up her arm and flexes. It gets Crockett to gets Crockett to feel it. He has to go excuse himself to make a call to his business partner. Wink, wink. As Lewis, the guy that we saw in the video, is coming up the stairs, looks back at our mysterious serial killer in question as the host 
walks them up to the table. And I made a gif where you can see Lewis, the maitre d', and Crockett all kind of in the same shot. Interesting. I also like this line when Crockett is telling Tubbs about his date. It's all right. She could also go a couple of rounds with Marvin Hagler. Tubbs then hands the phone over to Marvin, our weird FBI guy, who just tells Crockett, reminds him not to be too over-anxious about this. He drives his date home. She says that she's not really the first date type of girl, but that she'd love to come to the boat sometime, that she is adventurous like that. Cut to the boat. It's 5.11 in the morning. Crockett's kind of pacing back and forth. I don't know if he's waiting for a call, if he's waiting for the girl to come by. But he's drinking coffee. He's jittery. He hears something up on the bow. But he doesn't hear a voice. Nothing. We just see black-heeled boots coming down the stairs. Crockett grabs her throws her on the couch, pulls out a gun. It turns out it's Caitlin. Oh my God, Sonny. What's this case done to you? Oh, Katie. Katie. God, I'm sorry. Sorry, baby. Okay, that is her fault. I do not know why that was the time. Let's surprise somebody who is actively trying to catch a serial killer and is up all night, not like, hey, honey, it's me, don't be afraid, nothing. Not not the smartest idea, in my opinion. However, another body is found, and we get to see the crime scene investigation car. I have not seen that in so long. I was going to make a CSI Miami joke, but I couldn't get into it as much as the regular CSI. I love David Caruso, but, like, I love me some William Peterson more at this stage of my life. Now, this body, it was our boy, Jeff Lewis, the one who was also at the same restaurant Crockett was at last night. Interesting. Well, guys, we're going to break this time. Club New. This guy had dinner there last night. That's where I was. Who is he? Jeff Lewis is a local TV producer. Ooh, this is all getting way, way, way closer and a little bit too close to home because we see our mysterious smoking person, you know, like in the X-Files, if it's a smoking man, our smoking person watching Sonny's video. So we know that Sonny is next. Crockett, once again, working nights. He's at OCB at the precinct. And he gets a call from not just any woman, but from Iman. Again, this is Iman's second time Miami Vice. The first time was back in the world. This time, she's hot for Crockett. She looks so good in this like yellow belted shirt dress. And it's like a bright, bright, bright yellow. And Crockett proposes dinner, even though he hasn't seen her yet, but he's going to go watch the tape after. And boy, he lucked out. Trudy and Gina also look amazing. Again, while Crockett's seeing this beautiful, literal supermodel on this video, and 
he doesn't think that she looks like a nut job. He doesn't think that she looks like a serial killer. Where our Fed interjects and is like, you know, it doesn't matter. You can't tell from the outside, which to be fair is true. Ah, rats. I thought I had it ready to go. I thought I had a clip of basically the Fed going on a rant about how to track killers and knowing their movements and being in there. And I just wrote, LOL, okay, Manhunter. <laughs> you ain't William Peterson. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Tubbs is talking with the maitre d' of the restaurant that both Crockett and our deceased friend, Mr. Lewis, were at last night. He could obviously point out a six-foot-tall supermodel as someone who came in last night, but he can't pin Lewis. He can't, like, recognize the face. Again, isn't it interesting that the men are handsome, but not too unique-looking that they'd be easy to pick out? I thought that was interesting. However, Crockett is going on his date. Iman looks amazing in this fuchsia satin blazer that to die for and again everything looks like a million bucks on her but this looks like three million bucks promotion it's just not my style you know all this business about hi i'm lois date me please please (laughs) the fact that she and don johnson are on a hypothetical date just blows my mind (laughs) like just so much beauty in one date but they get along really well. They're basically talking about like how they're tired of like the you know the same double entendres at the grocery market, and they're kind of looking for a real connection, which I really like that. Again, he drops her off at her house. They look great in the Testarossa with green lighting. She invites him up for a nightcap, and again, her apartment. What do these women do? <laughs> because. Huge, spacious apartment. Not only just the outside, like the garage, the lighting. Then inside, you have the glass blocks. Just look like a million bucks. Again, so she's pouring herself what looks to be either like vodka, a white liquor on the rocks, and just pouring him a shot in a shot glass. Not neat, not like two fingers that he can sip with like, you know, a splash of water to open up the whiskey. Nah, just a shot for our boy, Crook. <laughs> and it's getting late. She's saying that she has a voice lesson early in the morning. That's what she said in the car. So she always had it like kind of kind of had an out. He's saying, you know, he's got to work early in the morning, too. But they walk each other to the door. They're, you know, walking together, looking both so good. Kiss each other goodbye. And Crockett was already able to do like a little bit of snooping while she was freshening up. But he couldn't really find anything. He sees... The video dating box. And again, he directed this episode so I can talk a little bit of smack. A lot of this episode is out of focus and it drives me nuts, not only from my perspective of having to capture media, but just trying to pay attention. It does not help at all. Now we cut back, you know, Crockett's at home on his boat. Iman's putting things away. We see her holding a letterman jacket, puts it down on the bed goes to a desk. Remember, she was talking about her brother on the date with Crockett. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I forgot to that clip. But she was talking about her brother, how they've been living together. His pictures are there. Okay, so that makes sense. You know, maybe she was washing his jacket or putting his jacket back on his bed. 
going through the desk. As she's turning the light off, she sees a knife behind a Rolodex, holds it up, starts to get a little bit freaked out, calls Crockett crying. He offers to go over there, but she is worried now because she's telling Crockett that she's also found these newspaper clippings. Now she's found the knife, the men that she's gone out with. Now it's all kind of coming together. So she is going to go over to Crockett's house, his boat. And when she's there, Crockett pours her a drink. I think this is also just two fingers need a whiskey. At least she's just not getting a shot glass. She is bawling her eyes out, telling the story of her brother and it's really kind of upsetting to hear she's talking about how possessive he was and how she hints at sexual abuse and that when he did come to live with her again in New York he said it wouldn't happen again but then he's followed her again to Miami and she's just really phrasing it to Croc in a way that like she can't get out she can't escape and that no matter what happens he will always be there he said things will be different (sighs) that he will never touch me again I had dates and all men I went out with They'll never call back again. And I thought it was all because of me. <laughs> oh, Sonny, I don't know what to do. Should I should I call the police? I'm so scared. Oh man, that is a rough scene. And I know people make fun of models acting all the time. Like, Iman's actually done quite well on Miami Vice for what she has been cast as. That scene, I bought it. Well, spoiler alert. As she's freshening up, Crockett calls Tubbs. And there's really poor receptions. Like, Tubbs and Crockett, like, you could hear, like, the static and the feedback when Crockett picks up his phone. Crockett tells Tubbs about an APB on the apartments that it's the brother, and Tubbs is trying to get Crockett's attention. Like, hey, Crockett, Crockett, can you hear me? As Iman comes out of the bathroom, Crockett has his back facing towards the stairs. Tubbs tells Crockett there is no brother, right as Iman gets him in the back with the knife. She is wearing the varsity jacket. She is wearing the wig. She is like putting on this other persona or it's something else as she's chasing Crockett. And I'm going to again talk smack on the directorial choices. The shakiness of the scene does not bode well. It doesn't make me feel scared. It makes me feel nauseous. But the kind of like stop and go movement is also really interesting. And just as he falls down into his room, he's able to grab his gun from his ankle holster and shoot her as all six feet of her just splayed out in the hallway of his boat. 
And it is kind of funny because you could tell like she can't really fit because <laughs> she's so tall. <laughs> but luckily, Crockett's okay. We see him recovering with Caitlin in the next scene. He's obviously a bit banged up. He's at home on leave, so he gets to spend a little bit of extra time with Caitlin. Just kind of got stabbed. Mm. Caitlin Davies, New Smash jumps two this week to number five. Two slots? Not bad for a washed up has been, huh? Come here, you. <laughs> oh. Mm. Nothing dangerous, remember? Damn. Hell of a way to get to spend some time with my wife. Um, uh, maybe not so much. I gotta go to LA. What? Well, gotta press the flesh to move the vinyl. I don't know that I like you pressing anyone's flesh but mine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you, babe. We cannot get away from that song. I was trying to look up why like any reasoning why this song would have been the song why there wasn't like a new song created or a new single maybe I was trying to think of like hypothetically something with her record label I could not find any answers so I do apologize we're just going to be stuck with that song (laughs) as it's climbing up the charts but that is our episode so let's wrap things up Also very sweet that her late husband, David Bowie, is our fashion intro because Iman obviously is going to be our winner for that pink satin blazer. Some other notables in this one, we have best underdress, which is the neon pink and yellow bikini as the cops are about to find the body minus the nuts and berries in the opening. Foxy Boxing Girls for best uniforms. Gina is our best dressed runner up with that zip vest I love that they have the curly hair both her and the other girl just looking like a million bucks with the big earrings then the wild card is going to be the bartender's shirt in that same scene because I have no idea what's going on and he also has an apron on so I think maybe he's doing double duty so what's this girl doing she's just smoking and talking about her credit card holder but like is she writing any drinks like is she just chatting up I was like does she work there does she not work there I thought that she worked there but upon closer inspection I do not see a mat or anything but yeah this poor guy is just doing everything in this place and then the best exterior is going to be at Lois's aka Iman I never even said her character's name this entire episode it's hard when you have someone like that. I'm like, I'm sorry, that is not a Lois. That is, <laughs> that is, that is an Iman. Now, with songs, we did have more than I thought. Unfortunately, I got you, babe. Does count as a song, so we technically have four songs. We have the Ball of Confusion by Love and Rockets. That's going to be my top choice. Madness of It All by the Ward Brothers. That was Crockett's montage song. Looking for someone to love by the Stray Cats. That was at Foxy Boxing. And then I totally missed a John Coltrane song. So definitely I'm going to give it up to Bala Confusion by Love and Rockets. Because I need to look this up. I'm sorry, my computer's about to die. So this is why I would be Googling. But I want to say that the origins of Love and Rockets is really cool. I need to look this up. I'm so sorry. You're all yelling at me right now. Please forgive me. 
<laughs> I am on a tight, tight timeline to wrap this all up. Now with Vice T, I didn't really find anything too scandalous. Lori Petty definitely has a cool life. Still lives in the Venice apartment that she rented when she was filming Point Break. Or when she bought, I guess, when she was filming Point Break 30 years ago. But the other working girl, the curly-haired girl with the credit card imprint... Her name is Annabelle Gerwich. And I was like, she looks familiar. Older than younger. Like, when she was younger, I really liked the hair, but she didn't look that familiar. But I was looking at her IMDb, I was like, she looks very familiar. So I was going through, and I couldn't really find a credit that, like, really stuck out to me. Like, that's where I know her from. But it was until I was reading about her that she used to host TBS. Back in the day, they used to do dinner and a movie. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, they would show a movie and do kind of like a themed dinner. And I was like, oh, I remember that. I used to sometimes watch them. So that's where I know her from. That is the hottest vice tea I could find. I've already talked about Iman when we did Back in the World. So I do apologize for not having a lot of gossip this episode for all that we had. But we do have some quotable parts of the episode. But when I get home at night, I like being with a lady that I really like. <laughs> what are you looking for in a woman? Um, I, I like being with someone I really like. <laughs> you can tell that this is very like off the cuff and he's trying to embrace the Burnett persona, but it like it still comes off as like very country bumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> that takes the cake. <laughs> oh my god. It's alright. She could also go a couple of rounds with Marvin Hagler. This is definitely my rotor rope quote, because I don't know how you could top I like being with a woman that I really that is how we are wrapping up this episode of Voice and Easy. I hope that after Valentine's Day that you can all find <laughs> Someone you really like because we all like to be with people that we really like. <laughs> Again, you can follow me on all things social at Vice and Easy Podcast. You can like and subscribe on YouTube, leave five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's continue this next week as we dive deeper into season four. And until then. Hey man, Miami Wise is number one new show.